Hello, welcome to another episode of Shabby Doll Radio. This is Lucy. Guess what? I read in an article about the proliferation of podcasts that the majority of podcasts don't make it past the third episode. Well, here we are. Episode four. On Sunday, we had a meeting of the book club, kind of different to usual. Instead of reading a book and talking about it, I asked everybody to bring some writing uh, that they something they've been working on and I'm going to include a couple of uh, those readings today in this episode so let's just start with one right away and it's by someone you know very well Caroline Reyna I wrote it because uh, because of my friend who's who also happens to be named Lucy um, another Lucy um, she asked me, it was kind of in the, just like out of nowhere in the middle of a conversation about something else, what my favorite food was. And I was like really caught off guard and I don't, I like said, I like didn't have a good answer. I like said something, I don't remember what I said. It was like, I had a stupid answer and I thought more about it and I decided to write a short poem for her chapbook release, trying to answer that question a little more specifically. So just to be clear, this is a poem that was written for the chapbook release party for Lucy Wanger's In Life There Are Many Things, which came out recently from Black Lawrence Press. The world's greatest for Lucy. One, potato and egg tacos with Emma and Black Mountain, eating in the sun and driving more into the Blue Ridge. In the picture, I looked to be screaming, and you know, in my fucked up heart, I was. Two, tacos again, this time with Jack and Andrew and Austin. This was 10 years ago, and I wish I could tell you about the miracle that morning, but... What remains is that Jack had to fix my bike and I felt bad. Like I felt bad about only bringing shorts because I didn't understand the weather. Three, smoked tomatoes in Charlottesville, but also manchego and marmalade with hot bread. Also sangria or basil gimlet or several. I want to cheat and say one more here. Pizza down the street because... Pizza down the street, the one with water buffalo mozzarella, ideally after Cole Mountain, where a meadow breaks across the blue, impossibly but real as I could feel it taking me with it. Four, braised fennel in Richmond at Ito's Squid, which has existed forever as far as I know, and I promise it does, even though the door at the top of those carpeted stairs seems like it leads to a supply closet, but on the inside, it's garlic, it's cream, it's the ocean, and yes, it's red. Five, rice and beans with greens and fried plantains that came in styrofoam down the street from the Double Crown, same as down the street from Pink Moon with Ashley and Emma in Asheville, where Ashley told me about the eggs at the museum. And Emma and I did not sing Farewell Transmission this time. And I learned that vermouth can taste like oregano and sherry can taste like golden raisins. And the Emma in the poem is the Emma who designed the cover for The Moan Wilds, which I hope you will have already seen by now. If you're listening to this, it seems like you must have already seen the covers, right, that we released this week. Um, I think it was, yeah, it was on Monday. We released the covers for Salmon and for The Moan Wilds, and it went well, I think. People seem to like them. So we're all feeling very excited now and feeling like things are 
starting to become real <laughs> in a new way. So thank you for sharing and supporting and enjoying the covers. Yeah, it's only a few weeks now until you can read the actual books too. I had a meeting with Sebastian and Caroline a few days ago and I asked them both some questions about the makings of those books. Okay, so Sebastian, when did you write your book? Uh, Salmon first started with the title, which I envisioned in 2015, and I had no idea what the book would be. And I wrote maybe three different or two different versions of the book and completely abandoned them and then started the proper version, the beginning or middle of 2020. And I completed it in 2021 or maybe early 2022. Hmm. Caroline, when did you write your book, The Moan Wilds? I started it in grad school. Um, I think I kind of like really got going with it in my last year of grad school. Um, and then a draft of it was my MFA thesis. And so I guess I had like the first kind of draft of it in 2018. And then I worked on it off and on up until the fall of 2021. Yeah. Yeah. November, 2021 was when I finished like, like the actual draft. That's pretty much the book that everyone's about to read soon. So both of them have been finished for quite a while. And um, Caroline, how did you write your book? How? <laughs> like, I mean, like at what time of day, like where, like on a computer with a pen? <laughs> um, just did all, all of the above. Uh, yeah, I think I wrote parts of it at all different times of day there were a lot of things that were handwritten that I then transcribed um I wrote some of it in Massachusetts some of it in Virginia um yeah I think mostly in Massachusetts and Virginia um it felt like a lot of sort of like it felt like a lot of kind of chaotic like note-taking and then gathering and then moving around and editing and then like moving around again. So I wrote it chaotically. That's my answer, I guess. Sebastian, how did you write your book? I used the formal constraint to write Salmon, which I, I cannot reveal at the moment. Um, although it involves the number 24, as there are 24 hours in a day. Um, but in terms of how I physically wrote it, I have a strange um, habit. Maybe you could even call it a ritual where I start uh, a, a text, whether it's a short story or a novel or whatever, in the text edit app, um, which is really ugly and disgusting looking. And the font is, is naturally really small. And so everything that I write in it seems completely inconsequential. And so it com convinces me that it doesn't matter what happens. And then once it's ready, I copy and paste it and put it into Microsoft Word, which all of a sudden makes it really official and uh, bookish. Nice. Okay. I don't know who to ask the last question to first. 
because I know that as soon as I say it, the other person will be thinking about their answer. Um, Caroline, <laughs> no, just kidding. Sebastian, why did you write your book? You have to do something. <laughs> Caroline, why did you write your book? I wanted to write the longest poem that I could. And I feel like it could have even been longer, but I had to stop myself at some point. So today is the 22nd of April, and I think I'm supposed to receive the second proof copy of The Man Wilds in the mail today, uh, waiting for the first copy of Salmon to come in the next few days. But yeah, everything seems to be on track. We have a little bit of time left um, until we release in early May. So hopefully everything continues to go to plan. If you, um, person listening, wants to do anything to help promote these books, like if you want to interview Sebastian or Caroline or even me, or if you want to write about the books, do a review, you know, basically just spread the word, then please get in touch. All right, let's have another poem. This one is by Carmen Brady. Fairbanks Ghost Town Loop. What a sucker I am for mundane moments interpreted as signs. On the third day of declared emergency, I put on that cross necklace my grandfather made for the first time in seven years. The chain broke hours after while we were in bed. I told the air that if I knew the next song on the radio, the guinea pig would be dead. There she was, unbreathing. I knelt down and said if you got a job, I'd go back to church. There were two offers the next day. My promise lasted a month. The problem is follow through, or maybe conviction, or maybe just attention. Either way, my searches lead me into loops that I think have significance, only to give up when a new thing shines. Moving east every two years worked for a while. Moving to my home state kept me broken. Now living in my father's birthplace, I feel no story. I never had a knack for narrative, I suppose. What endings can I know? You thought monsoon was a term marking a place other until we moved and the summer rains came. The San Pedro is underwhelming if you're used to a mighty rushing river, but give it a chance. It used to flow massive before the farms, and it still provides this whole valley. And still, it flows south to north. You can see where it is from this hill. Just look for the trees. We had such a good few summers and a wet winter this year. Please don't worry about delusions. There's no downpour strong enough to cure a 1,200-year drought. Thank you, Carmen. I like how including readings in the podcast kind of feels like it takes us to a completely different place. And I like how the podcast itself is becoming this vehicle for conversations that I would like to have anyway. This week, Kristen Felicetti, the editor of the Bushwick Review, asked me if she could ask me some questions about the logistics of publishing. So we talked. Um, my name is Kristen Felicetti. Uh, and I, I guess I'll just like preface how this interview came about. Um, I've been loving Shabby Doll Radio and uh, 
since this is a podcast about telling the story about how you make books and the publishing process, I kind of approach you the idea of just like asking some sort of like logistical questions about how you make books. I feel that anyone who even has a little interest in starting a press, there's probably a lot that's unknown. And like some of you can just like look up on the internet, like how you upload your files to Ingram Spark or something, but a lot you can't like kind of how you just like project manage all the moving parts or communicate with authors or any kind of money and budgeting stuff. And uh, that's probably because it's different for every person or publisher, but um, I figured I'd ask you how you're doing it and I feel you would be game to to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Thank you for having this idea. <laughs> um, I guess I'll start with, uh, so you're friends with Sebastian and Caroline and, and um, we're probably exchanging manuscripts anyway, and that's how you came to publish those books. But I was wondering if you did anything to like make it official, like anything from, you know, did you have a contract or a small advance or even if it was just kind of like a formal sentence in an email being like, yes, I'm going to publish your book and here's how we're going to like split the sales or something. Hmm. Yeah. Let me think. Okay. So uh, no, it wasn't really like that. What happened was, um, salmon sebastian's book i had read maybe like maybe like last spring or winter or something and i really liked it um but i knew that sebastian had fairly recently at that point i think got an agent and was like trying to like send it out to um presses along with another book that he'd also finished and plus and then since then there's another one so there were like a bunch of sebastian's books around and i'd read I've read a couple of them and yeah, I liked it, but I wasn't like trying to do anything with it because I just thought that he, um, you know, was going to find someone more established. Um, and so, yeah, but in the meantime, he and I were like exchanging a couple of other, like one of my books and one of his books and sort of um, helping each other with writing. And then months passed and then I think it was like actually in um, October. Yeah, it was October last year. Um, I remember I woke up one day and I had a voice note from Sebastian on WhatsApp and I, he was like, uh, it started off by saying like, oh, you know, like you don't have to say yes to this but I just had this idea and like you know no pressure or whatever and but like what do you think about if Shabby Dole has published Salmon and basically like by the time even when I first heard him say like you don't have to say yes to this I was just like, I'm gonna say yes like whatever it is <laughs> like um <laughs> I already know that like I'll, I'll be down but then when I heard what it was I was like yeah perfect. I was like yeah definitely I would love to do that like basically it's a very weird book and it's kind of like the wrong length for like a more traditional publisher. It's just like the sort of thing that like, it doesn't really make one thing that Sebastian said to me recently was like, this book doesn't make any sense in 2023. Like, it's not like anything that anyone else is publishing. It's just kind of like, um, its own thing. Um, and so I can see why that might be like a hard sell, something that's difficult to sell for a publisher that's like trying to make a profit um but doesn't matter i think if you just want to like do something cool and interesting and um like fun um so yeah so he said that and i was like yeah definitely um 
basically, I just immediately said yes. Um, we obviously, like, I think I must have read it again, and we, like, agreed to meet. Um, and I told him that um, I was like, I would like to do another book as well at the same time, because I feel like it might be a bit strange to just randomly put out this one book. Um, and then what happened was that I asked Caroline, um, I had read her book as well, maybe like a couple of years before. I'd read it at several points um, in its in its uh, journey, and I really loved it. And after we did Toisian Berg and We Die in Italy, I said to Caroline then, like, I don't know what your plans are for the book, uh, but I would be like down to to work on it with you and publish it if you want but like also no pressure because it's this big project that you've been working on for a long time and like you know i'm sure you've got other options and everything so caroline then said like she didn't really know but she wanted to like submit it to a few prizes and stuff and to some like bigger you know like respected poetry presses and stuff um which she did and which was probably also a really great thing because you know it meant that well, you have to, when you have to work to a deadline or whatever, you like get things ready, right? But anyway, I guess like nothing really happened with it um, because like it was like a year later. And I think by this point, she was like a bit, um, you know, you get sick of sending your amazing manuscript to people who don't really, you know, who have other stuff or other tastes or whatever. Um, so anyway, then I like asked her again. Uh, because a bunch of time had passed and I was like, I'm going to do Sebastian's book. And I was wondering, like, what do you think about if we did, you know, like, would you have any interest in doing the Moan Wilds as well? And at first she was like, uh, yeah, like, I'm interested, like, let me think about it, whatever. But then like very quickly she changed her mind to being like, yes, I'm absolutely down. And like, that sounds like the best, like, why didn't, like, if that makes sense kind of thing. And she was like, yeah, that just sounds like perfect. Um, so that was like how these two books specifically came to be like in Shabby Dollhouse. And then like, yeah, so basically we just agreed just both of them just by like talking with me, talking mm -hmm. with each of them. Um, and then we arranged to have a meeting where like a Zoom meeting where um, all three of us would be there. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of made it seem like more real i guess i remember i was in greece at this time yeah I, like i can very vividly remember like walking down this hill listening to sebastian's voice note and then, like um and then like being in this random airbnb apartment when we had the zoom meeting um and yeah i guess that it just felt like um yeah so in the meeting like basically i talked them through like how we print the books like what it would what kind of timeline we would need to have things ready by um and like i guess we must have talked about covers and like just basically general ideas for what what the plan was and we said like we'll do it next spring um and yeah then it was like a case of setting like not not absolute deadlines but you know like it was like you know by the end of january we need this and by the february we need this and whatever and so um yeah it was all verbal and i, I think anyway yeah i mean it was like we're all <laughs> there was no no need for a, a contract or something <laughs> but actually what um 
what we did with the money part of it is that I just said I didn't want any money. So there wasn't anything to negotiate, really. It was just that I said both of them would kind of be in control of that for themselves and that like they could keep all the sales. We don't, you don't really need very much money to put into it in the first place, like a very, very small amount. So like it's, um, I already had the ISBN numbers and stuff. Like it was just kind of like, didn't really matter about that stuff. Nice. <laughs> well, that's the nice thing about like print on demand. It's like, you're not like paying up front a ton of money for books to be at your house, you know, like, so. Right. Yeah. And that's why it's even possible to do it is because we use yeah. two print on demand services. And if people don't know what that is, it just means that the books don't physically exist until you order them and then they get printed and shipped to you. So nobody has a box of copies that they like need to get rid of so like um you kind of touched upon this but like kind of when you're your own press i guess like all the things that in a larger operation are like different people or even different teams you know the editorial the copy editing publicity events the design and actually laying out a book are all just you and it sounds like you did sort of lay out a schedule at the beginning of like how those are timeline rather but um yeah, I'm just wondering like how that like looks for you. Do you have like sort of like docs and spreadsheets or are you just kind of like casually texting with your two lovely authors? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a lot of documents. There's one spreadsheet. Don't really know what the point of that is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's, yeah, there's group chat. There's like, yeah, there's like a lot of individual texting. There's a lot of texting in a group, texting in another group with like cover the people that did the covers then there's like yeah there's just a lot of like constant communication i would say um and yeah actually i was so i did the formatting the typesetting for caroline's book i didn't have to do it for um sebastian's book because it's being done by giacomo who does um neutral spaces which was great really good for me because that makes my life a lot easier and then both of the covers were done by different people emma ensley did um the moan wild and kit schluter did um salmon so like that's all work that i didn't have to do and don't sort of have to keep on top of the only thing is that it's like sometimes there has to be a bunch of communication you know like me being like can you ask this person to send this version of this document and this file type or whatever you know but i mean yeah there's a lot of talking um and also i think i think there's a big difference like obviously like i i do a bunch of stuff but also like sebastian and caroline do a bunch of stuff that they wouldn't have to do if they were on a big press with a team of people right like um stuff like whether it's like proofreading or whether it's like thinking about events or like pitching excerpts or interviews or whatever you know like that's stuff that that we all kind of have to do together um i mean i want it to feel like this is a thing that we're all like we like we are the team you know like not that it's like me like being sort of like yeah so but yeah i mean i said to uh like i was having a texting conversation with caroline the other day and she was sending me a I don't know. I think we were ordering another, a second round of proofs and she had noticed like a couple of things that needed to be fixed. So I fixed them and then I sent it back to her. And then she's like, oh, we need to have this version of the cover or whatever. And like, I was just like, thank you for doing this. Um, <laughs> you know, like, thank you for like being on top of this as well, because um, 
because I said to her, like, I know that this is more than you would have to do in a different situation, but like, it feels fun, you know, like, like we were both like, yeah, we're enjoying this because this is a good way to hang out with your friends. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, it's maybe more you take on, but it's like, it's also like a fun thing to work on with somebody that you like to work on things, I think. So, right. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask, remember in the beginning, you were like, the beginning of the first podcast, you're like, you're having some sort of formatting challenge with like uh, uh, Caroline's book. What? And then you kind of outsource that task. Uh, yeah. What exactly was like uh, going on there? Like, I just like, I don't, like, you know, I guess like, and then like, also just like, I would, the other question is just like, what other things have been like the most, have there have been any other things that have been challenging that you're like, oh man, I can save some people some headaches if they know about this, that it's challenging going in? Um, well, I mean, a lot of the stuff I already learned from the first time yeah. that, we, that we published books. So I guess like now I was surprised when we had the issue with Caroline's manuscript because I was really confident going into it. I was like, oh, it's just like one long poem. There's no weird section breaks. There's no like, you know, different styles of font or whatever. Like, you know, if you do a book that has like, I don't know, 50 poems in it, then each one of them has to be that, you know, she doesn't have any weird line breaks. It just seemed like it was going to be so simple. Then the problem was, <laughs> I can't even go, it's so boring to explain. Like, so my brain just like isn't um, like suited to dealing with stuff like this. But it was, it was just like uh, to do with page numbers and blank pages and like making, uh, you know, like uh, every time there's a, a break in the poem, we wanted it to begin again on the right hand page of the book and then the left hand page that was left blank would have a would have a um would have a blank it would have no page number and like somehow this came like severely fucked up in the, in the process and then i yeah i had to ask someone to help and then i had to ask them to help again because they made a mistake too so it was just like kind of a nightmare but i'm hoping that that's over with um i mean you also like some people might think, does it really matter if there's a page number on a blank page on the left hand side? Like, that's fine. You could just live with that. But I was really like, no, like, it's important yeah. that it looks like what we want it to look like. Because if um, if it doesn't, then I don't think we're doing a, a good enough job. So, yeah, that's been annoying. I mean, to be honest, like, it's not that hard. Like, in general, obviously, mm -hmm. and when I say that, it's like, well, I'm sure there's stuff that we could there are things that we could be doing better with. Like the thing that I really struggle with the most, I think in the whole process is like the um, publicity part, the like marketing part. But I guess I'm hoping that this time is gonna be easier because, um, well, because we're getting more experience and more like, uh, I don't know, just maybe becoming a little bit more no, people are knowing more people know that we're doing it but yeah like if somebody was thinking about doing this um i would say like there's not that many barriers to entry like the thing that's the hardest obviously is that you have a good book to publish <laughs> like that's that's the main um struggle that most people would <laughs> would like be defeated by but once you've got that like simply having it printed designing covers and stuff it's it's easier than you would think and i learned to do it from youtube like just from watching other people who um who had already done it talking talking their way through it on youtube so it's like you can too 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just really, I really like what y'all are doing. Like, I think there's really something to, I don't know, sort of uh, just sort of taking charge of things on your own. And like, uh, you really get to make the decisions. Like what, even like, even if the publicity marketing stuff is hard, at least like you don't have some external person that maybe doesn't, you don't agree with like their plans of like what they're going to do there. Like you're, you're, you're deciding and, and also like with somebody that you like trust and a friend. So um, did you do any like sort of editorial work with uh, Caroline or Sebastian? Like any sort of um, anything from like sort of like a larger, like bigger editorial type things to like copy editing? I know that you mentioned that um, they did some of their own like proofreading and stuff. Well, I mean, don't worry, we other people are proofreading too. It's not just that. No, 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 I know. I know. <laughs> um no um to be honest not really like i mean when caroline i guess i i think i've read the man wilds maybe at two points before in the um like as as it became a book and i like offered suggestions and stuff then but that wasn't like when i was the publisher that was just like when i was being friends um and but by the time it was um by the time it came to me like she was finished with it she was like ready you know she didn't want to mess with it anymore and it had been a long time um in the making so it wasn't really like that wouldn't really have been a thing to do i guess like the stuff that that i was involved in the most is just like this stuff mainly about like how did how are we going to lay it out like how is it going to look when it changes from being a, a a document to a to a book um and like figuring out the spacing and um yeah I've, i can say this now can't i that there's artwork in the book too that was my idea i guess like so nice. emma ensley who designed the cover she has made like some images that have like gone in and you know we've chosen where to place them and stuff so yeah but no like not really um it, for that book it wasn't necessary and same thing with salmon really like obviously we talked like sebastian asked me like i'd already read it you know as a friend and like mm -hmm. and then um like he asked me questions about it and stuff about whether you know do you think this should be changed or do you you know do you does this work or whatever but no both of them are like very um capable and uh, and the books were kind of ready to go. Um, oh yeah, I kind of like do love do editing with people, um, and definitely would like to do. You know, I can see myself being much more involved in certain kinds of books in the future. But like for these two, it wasn't like that. Nice. Um, I guess uh, my last question for this, I talked about like what's the most challenging thing like what's been the most rewarding part of the experience right now and I feel it's like a fun question to ask now because the books aren't out yet so you can't like say like the books being out in the world and everybody reading them <laughs> you know? yeah well I mean I guess ultimately like I'm hoping that the most rewarding part is going to be when we do readings and stuff like that's yeah. what I'm that's what I'm looking forward to and that's kind of like what makes it feel like worthwhile because you know sometimes you think is this like why are we spending all of our time doing this <laughs> you know, when it's really difficult and also when there are like for a long time like not you don't see anything right 
and then like gradually like you get little glimpses of like oh this is what the cover's going to be like and then like oh this is a proof copy and finally you get like the real copy um mm-hmm. and so like there's there's like these stages where you feel um you feel excited but i think like for me and for them like the, there's definitely times where everybody's like is this a good idea like what, what are we doing <laughs> um um but no i think like the best part is something that like like hopefully you'd do anyway but it's just like chatting with your friends and like working on a project and for me like see, seeing them be excited about it and like seeing them and seeing other people be excited for them and like yeah i i don't really know um like when we we released the covers the other day and i wasn't really like um i didn't really know I didn't really expect a lot, I guess, from releasing the covers because that's it. It's just a picture. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I wasn't, I didn't really know what to anticipate. But then the way that people reacted online or whatever, which which is the only way I experienced it, and I suppose anyone experienced it, people seemed like, uh, like pleasantly surprised by the, how cool they looked, by (laughs) by like the website, which I like, put a lot of time into as well and like it's funny because you know like you realize like oh people are perceiving this as though it's like this serious operation and it kind of is but also it's just like us texting each other and like having a website you know so I think that's like funny I don't really know like how to I don't know if I like that or not <laughs> this weird thing <laughs> like <laughs> like I want it to look cool and I want it to look like I want it all to work properly and all to sort of like seem professional to a degree but but it's not you know (laughs) so i don't know really i want i want i must want to i want to project but it's like it's it's shabby dollhouse you know (laughs) totally um well i you know i I hate to say it but i think your cover reels did did drop very professionally you know uh I don't know. I think, I mean, both the covers are really cool and really beautiful. And I think that's like a big, a big deal in, in book life where it's just like, oh, it's now it's like a real, it's a real, it's a real thing. This is what it's going to look like and stuff. I know, right. We, <laughs> Caroline and, and Sebastian both asked friends of theirs um, to do the covers. And they both, I think, chose like the perfect people because, and and to me that also makes it more special, you know, like that that there there is like friendship involved in the way it actually looks as well, like the that the whole thing is just like people sort of helping each other. So yeah, 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 that's really nice. You get a cover that you really like and really resonates with your book, but also it's just like all your friends are somehow in in this book or part of this book. Right? Yeah. Can you imagine having a book cover you didn't like? That would just ruin. Oh, no. <laughs> terrible but i think that happens to people <laughs> <laughs> um well on that note i guess um thanks for uh thanks for doing this uh i'm very very excited for the moon wilds and salmon um both these books to be out but also to to sort of like gather together and celebrate them with uh, uh our friends yeah one last thing before we go Hi, this is Oscar doing the uh, book review feature for the podcast. Um, I recently read a uh, book called Yoga by this guy, uh, French writer Emmanuel Carrère. Um, it was pretty good. It was interesting. I, I'm, I've, I'm looking at my copy right now. I've completely 
tore it to shreds off. The front cover has come off. The back cover has come off. Several of the other pages are falling off. Um, it's one of those books that I guess like I just I decided I had to like tote around in like all my luggage for like a year. Um, maybe two years. I'm not really sure. You know, like one of those books I was like, trying, kept trying to get into, uh, and and sort of failing. And uh, I'm sort of a terrible reader like that. Um, it can take me a while to sort of commit to a thing, but I felt like I wanted to commit to this one. Um, and I don't know, it can be a bit, uh, you know, maybe it's a bit longer than it needs to be, but it's an interesting read if you're into that sort of thing. It's about like, it's about, sort of about like meditation and mental illness and maybe also ethics a little bit, but he goes to like, uh, it's like a person who is, you know, not the writer, but kind of the writer, um, basically the writer, goes to a uh, Vipassana retreat, which is like a, a silent meditation retreat that's supposed to last for 10 days. Um, but then he uh, uh, only winds up sticking around for two. And um, the reason uh, is that they say something very serious has happened in, is happening in our country. And it's um, he's also like a journalist, this writer, and it's during the Charlie Abdo um, shootings, and I guess his, like, friend is one of the journalists who gets shot up, and so he has to go and, like, speak at his funeral and be stressed out, I guess. So there's a sort of, like, backdrop of national tragedy, but then there's, like, also, um, this kind of, he also, like, then sort of loses his mind, I guess, um, and gets really depressed and, like, doesn't know what to do with himself and this just sort of suicidal and stuff. Um, and it's not really explained why, um, that's happening. Like, it's like, I mean, maybe he's upset about his friend being shot, but that's not really like a reason for this kind of scale of breakdown, probably. Um, and then it turns out, um, if you read a bit of context around it, that it's, um, about his divorce, um, or that the mental breakdown was probably, um, predicated, what's the word? Precipitated. Um, by his divorce, um, and uh, he doesn't really mention it um, at, at all. The only thing that he says about it is there's like a single page right in the middle of the book um, that's quite an uh, quite a kind of funny page. Uh, it's called the place where you don't lie, um, and it's like, what can I say about this? So, you know, he, he keeps mentioning like a crisis or a debacle or something. He's like, what can I say about the debacle? Like. Uh, what do I need to silence about it? And uh, then he goes to this like ethical dilemma of like, I have only one conviction about literature uh, or the kind of literature that I do. It's the place where you don't lie. That's the only rule. Um, and then he goes on to say, but I can't say, uh, and I can say whatever I want about myself, but it turns out, I guess the, the sorry, lack in context thing is that his wife had forbidden him from mentioning her or the divorce in his book. Um, or ex-wife, I suppose. Uh, and so he's like, but I can't say whatever I want about anybody else, and there I infringe people, so I kind of have to lie, even though I want to tell the truth, and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so it, I think it, like, he, it was probably a, a longer book and more about the divorce before, and then he had to take a whole bunch out, and it's reduced to this kind of, like, uh, silly little page where he worries about how he can't make everything true. Um, so he, it turns to a lot of, like, it's, some bits are then made up to, like, compensate for that lack but you can really you can kind of feel it you're just like what is going on um 
like why why are you so upset and it sort of feels like he's writing around something but maybe that makes it um i someone i was talking to someone they said that that they felt that that really made it kind of lacking um i think it might make it more interesting in a way like having to i don't know like places he has to go or whatever to um uh, i don't know abstractions or like mental abysses or whatever that he has to explore um as a result i think a fairly interesting on the note of like the yoga itself um he's it's really more about like uh i mean there's like some movementy stuff but in the way that not in like the sort of like hot yoga class or whatever that people maybe think about associate more with it it's more in the sense of like um uh like there's a sutra that he mentions a lot that's like uh yoga chiti niroda i can't remember what it is anyway it's like yoga is the ceasing of the fluctuations of the mind so it's more like that kind of like trying to use it as a as a meditative force to like calm and to like rein in his um ego or i don't know like sort of uh stop his neurotic distress um from taking over his life um and maybe also his uh, egomania. Um, and then, and it's quite interesting for, for me that because he talks about sort of like, um, like writing and meditation in kind of opposition to each other. Um, like, uh, you know, because if, if, if yoga is the ceasing of the fluctuations of the mind, the ceasing of your thoughts of like entertaining um, your thoughts. <laughs> Uh, writing is like essentially the opposite of that. It's like letting them uh, go ham on the page or letting them, you know, following them through and like seeing where they go, right? That's like a big part of some kinds of writing anyway, certainly this kind of writing. Uh, and so then it's like, well, are they inherently opposed to each other? Which um, as someone who's interested in yoga and meditation a bit, I guess that's something that I wonder about quite a bit too. Um, I had some, uh, I do uh, quite a bit of yoga myself, um, like more of the jumpy movement-y kind. Um, and I had some friends who also read the book uh, in that world and uh, complained about it being kind of, um, you know, a- opposed to uh, the more movement-y vinyasa flowy stuff, which I don't really it does it's just kind of like not really about that i would say um i think the end though i didn't i the ending was probably the most disappointing thing to me it's just like it ends with him and like he's the writer's got to be like 60 um and he's like next and he's like found some like hot 20 something yoga chick and he's like she's one of these like young girls who just doesn't give a fuck about yoga sutras and meditating she just thinks it's great gymnastics doing all these handstands and stuff and uh but you know for now i think she's hot and uh so maybe that's a new life for me it's just like i don't know i thought that was just like a kind of a gross way to end i mean i get that it's supposed to be like a rash start or something but um and it made me understand more what what, why yoga people had been like had not really been into the book it's because they had thought it's just kind of insulting to them which i mean i don't think it's so much that it's insulting to just seems like a little bit of a of a unfortunately kind of sexist way to end things but maybe that's just my weird uh take um so but beyond the last page i quite enjoyed it and quite um recommend it for anybody who's interested in yoga and going crazy and stuff thanks for listening
All right. Thank you, Oscar. Thank you, Caroline. Thank you, Sebastian. Thank you, Carmen. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you for listening. And uh, yeah, talk to you soon. Play us out, Croc.